the way. There's Thielen. His first catch is a touchdown. And for Adam Thielen, his ninth of the year and catch number 94 on the season. Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man, Clip Mozzie. Thank you for joining me for 15 minutes today. We are in week 14. The Minnesota Vikings sit at 6-5-1, coming off a 14-point loss to New England, heading to Seattle for a pivotal conference matchup. Our Purple now lie at 0-4 against teams with winning records. Three left on the schedule, so they still have time to prove their playoff potency. We're here to break down everything so far this year at the three-quarter mark. The Vikings got a break from the division, but they're still chasing Chicago in the division race. Two games behind them. The Cowboys are streaking. They've won five in a row. Philadelphia, Washington, and Carolina all lose in Week 14, giving Minnesota a golden opportunity to take a commanding lead in the wild card race. The Seahawks 7-5. Half game ahead, Vikes can leapfrog them with a win on Monday night. The Vikings put off their primetime bugaboo a bit, beating the Packers on Sunday night. New England was always about finally, finally getting a win against a team with a winning record. It's not the best version of the Patriots we've seen, but they're in the Super Bowl hunt anyways. New England at 8-3, now 9-4, a great team in December, even after their last-minute loss to Miami. While the Dolphins figured out a way to beat the Patriots, our Vikings didn't come close. After losses to LA, New Orleans, and Chicago, the big questions for Minnesota still haven't been answered. It's December now. We still have to take these games one week at a time. Just four left, but if the Vikings succeed in this last month, make the playoffs, it'd be nice to know they can make noise in them. And as good as Minnesota has been this year, their lack of success against winning teams doesn't make for a convincing story. Now, they have another chance to do just that on Monday. We'll get into the details of the Seattle game, but first, let's look back. There's a lot that needs fixing for the Minnesota Vikings on both sides of the ball. It's an up-and-down year, an inconsistent team, but here's the thing. We look around the NFC, and all these teams look kind of average. From the Eagles who have been wrecked by injuries to the Saints who struggled against Tampa Bay. There is a month, plenty of time for this team to get right. There are frustrations with the offense. Kirk Cousins gives us all the numbers but half of the wins. They struggle to get Dalvin Cook fully involved. There seems to be a lack of creativity, most likely due to the mediocre offensive line. Overall, defenses adjusted to take away Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. They did this like two months ago, and the Vikings have looked limited with the ball ever since. This month, they have to find their own adjustment to operate through secondary weapons, open things back up for their stars. Now, the defense isn't free of blame either. They're still very good against big plays and on third down, but early downs are killing them. The pass rush disappears at times, allowing quarterback scrambles and running back passes to move the ball against them. Offenses have adjusted to look for opportunities against Zim's defense early, on first and second down. 
Zimmer also needs to adjust. Call some of those third down schemes earlier rather than keeping them in his pocket. And down the stretch, the Vikings simply need huge efforts from Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin. Again, every team has warts. This fan base is in a weird place right now, like a teenager in puberty. So obsessed with their own problems that we're failing to realize everyone else has them. I've seen Zimmer figure it out in December before. Full faith here, the Vikings can figure out their issues while others crumble. All eyes on a home playoff game. Twelve games into the year, we're gonna stay upbeat. Search for all the things our team does well. It's easy for our moods to shift up and down with every win and loss through this roller coaster of a year. Bottom line here, the team has a winning record. So we're going to go in-depth with the positive aspects that define the team. Starting with the defense, the Vikings defense, despite a schedule of much tougher offenses, has held form for the most part. They're 6 in yards per game allowed, 14th in points per game allowed. Points obviously the more important stat, but it goes to show it's not easy to move the ball against Minnesota. The Vikings get stops when it matters, as shown by their top 10 DVOA. That includes high marks in stopping short yardage runs and preventing explosive runs. Our purple allow explosive runs on just 9% of carries, second in the NFL. Their defensive front remains stout and are great in pursuit. The back seven is chock full of sure tacklers if the running back even gets that far. We've seen this several times from multiple different defenders. Daniil Hunter hustles on any play to the edge. Sheldon Richardson has a knack to find the ball carrier. Linval Joseph is a rock. Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr have remained sure tacklers. Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris, Mackenzie Alexander all fly up to the line of scrimmage during run plays. Now it hasn't been all roses, the defense ranks pretty low overall in success rate, but their high DVOA shows that they're clutch. They're great against short yardage runs. They're fantastic on third downs in the passing game. Teams convert just 23% of third downs against our purple. We're familiar with this stat from last year. On top of the personnel, which gets up for the big down, especially in front of that loud home crowd, Mike Zimmer brings out his best plays on third down. Deceptive pre-snap looks, including double and triple mug sets, safeties dropping back into coverage late, edge cornerback blitzes, creative stunts when they don't blitz. The end result, we know that no matter how many first downs or long drives the defense gives up, there's hope. There's always hope that our defense can get the stop. On offense, Minnesota is a pass-focused attack, 7th highest pass yards in the NFL, 8th in success rate. The attack features two elite receivers, both eyeing 1,000-yard seasons with four games to go. The route running and contested catches that brought Diggs and Thielen to prominence still on display every week. We've also seen Aldrich Robinson come alive and Dalvin Cook featured more in the passing game with overall positive results. This gives Minnesota five viable passing weapons. Success rate shows Kyle Rudolph at 66% 
and Thielen at 62% are the most effective options. Both are top 10 in DVOA. The Vikings are the most efficient team in the NFL when passing two tight ends. Kirk Cousins uses these options best during play actions. Cousins has looked hesitant at times in a normal pocket behind a shaky offensive line. Everything transforms during play action, striking with confidence down the field on double moves to the main two guys. Diggs and Thielen used heavily. They're the engines of the Minnesota offense, drawing 53% of passes combined this year. When we're watching our purple with the ball, we should be licking our chops after run fakes and enjoying the amazing plays made by our two elite receivers on a weekly basis. Untapped potential on both sides of the ball, but the good news is that Minnesota is relatively healthy as we enter the stretch run. They're missing a backup tight end and backup receiver on offense, only one starter out on defense. Sure, Diggs, Kendricks, Mike Remmers, and Xavier Rhodes are hampered a bit. It's week 14, that's no excuse. Most teams are dinged up much worse than our Vikings at this point in the year. That includes our next opponent, the Seattle Seahawks. Starting at the top, Trey Waynes got knocked out of the New England game with a concussion. He was in on a key run stop, but Jaleel Johnson's knee banged him in the head. Trey only played 19 snaps. Guess which cornerback got the most snaps last Sunday? Holton Hill, our undrafted rookie. Stephon Diggs also became a game-time decision last week after his knee swelled overnight. He still played in Foxborough and was solid. Didn't look hindered by the knee much, but Minnesota still kept him on a snap count. He played 77% of snaps, down from his usual average of 88% when healthy. Rhodes also played in a limited role last Sunday, dealing with a bad hamstring. He played, looked below 100%. Zimmer kept him to about two-thirds of snaps. Mackenzie Alexander entered the game as questionable with a knee issue too. Mack played a ton and in all fashions. Blitzing, covering Gronkowski, making run stops. Mack got a full nickel cornerback workload. Interesting because Jaron Curse barely played at all. I guess the scheme called for more cornerbacks and less safeties. Thank goodness Alexander looked healthy because on top of all that, don't forget Andrew Sendejo's on IR out for the year. A shame to see his time in Minnesota possibly end because of a groin injury kept him out since week five. Now we're excited as Anthony Harris shines in his place, but either way, secondary depth has taken a huge hit. Sendejo, Waynes, Rhodes, Hughes, Alexander, all injured. Our injured backs would be a starting unit for many NFL teams. The good news is that most of them are returning to health. David Morgan, on the other hand, is still out and doesn't seem close to practicing. For a struggling run offense, his absence really hurts. It'd be nice to get our blocking tight end back. Chad Beebe's also out with a hamstring. Seems like everyone on this team has a hamstring issue this year. Better than knees, that's for sure. This injury comes at a bad time for Beebe, though. He played so well in a limited time earlier this season. That was almost a month ago now. I hope that young kid isn't missing his chance. At the end of the day, Trey Waynes will sit this one out. Eric Kendricks is listed as questionable.
for the Seahawks, they're going to be missing their offensive tackle, DJ Fluker, and their linebacker, KJ Wright. Receiver Doug Baldwin is a game-time decision. Now, let's preview the Monday night matchup against the Seahawks. We should not go into this game nervous. We should be excited. Our up-and-down squad is coming off a down game, and I expect them to respond. Let's see if they bounce back like they did after New Orleans, after Chicago. A tougher opponent, but a beatable opponent. Seattle doesn't scare me. Yes, they've won three in a row. They're 7-5, and five, a half game over Minnesota. Is that really enough to be intimidated? If Dan Carlson makes a field goal back in Week 2, our Purple have the same record as the Seahawks. That's why I'm making my first prediction of the season a win for the Minnesota Vikings. 24-21 nail-biter, but a win nonetheless. The Vikings have scored 24 points in three of their victories this year. Let's make it four and get back excited for this Vikings football team. Seattle's a strong team. They're top 10 in points scored and points allowed, but their advanced metrics don't support those ranks. On offense, they stand at 14th in running success, 24th in passing success. Explosive plays are the root of Seattle's attack. They generate them in both the running and passing games. What does Minnesota's defense do well? We discussed it before. They eliminate those big plays. Take that away from the Seahawks offense and they're left with an elite quarterback throwing to subpar weapons. Russell Wilson is the only matchup we should fear. The Vikings struggle against mobile quarterbacks. Scatback running backs also give our purple defense trouble. But Seattle doesn't have one of those. Pass-catching tight ends are a staple for beating the Zim Reapers. The Seahawks don't have that either. Give me Xavier Rhodes on Doug Baldwin. Give me Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr behind Linval Joseph to stop that Chris Carson-led rushing attack. Sorry, but I'm not sorry. I love these matchups. The game plan to stop Seattle is simple. Stop their rushing, make them one-dimensional, then contain Wilson and eliminate the big plays. Easier said than done, but let's see if the Seahawks will be able to march down the field on the Zim Reapers. On defense, they're 18th and 25th against the run and pass. They let up big plays in the run game too, just like New England, and they have a much worse pass defense than the Patriots. Listen here, the Patriots rank 4th in success rate and yards per target against receivers. Seattle is 28th and 24th in those areas. While New England is strong against receivers, Seattle is incredibly weak there. Diggs and Thielen should see far more success. So how should Minnesota attack? Go on ahead, get Dalvin Cook running again, search for the big gains just like last week. Then when the Seahawks have to adjust to our backfield chef, that's when you hit them with our primary weapons. Kirk Cousins needs to dismantle that Seahawks defense. We've given him all the tools. It's a tough contest, no doubt, in Seattle with their rowdy crowd at CenturyLink, the 12th man in a primetime spot. But it's not Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in Foxborough. This was always the more winnable of these two road games. Our Purple have a chance to knock down a playoff contender early on in this late season stretch. At this point, the game comes with a ton of meeting. The Vikings need to prove they can get a win against a team with a winning record. 
our Vikes are also most likely a wild card team now. So if a playoff run is realistic, they need to prove they can beat a tough NFC opponent on the road. The Vikings have to look up for the challenge, both players and coaching, after a poor start and finish in New England. They'll need to show greatness to do it as Seattle has beaten them four straight times. This is the first game after that ill-fated Blair Walsh playoff miss back in 2015. No one really cares about that anymore. 2018 has its own concerns. So I'm sitting back, waiting, begging for Minnesota to prove us right. Prove that they're better than the 2017 team despite a tougher schedule. This team can still compete on some level with contenders. Prove that a streak into the playoffs is possible and exciting. See y'all on the other side. Skull Vikes.